Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you, wherever you are in the world. Today is the 14th of January in the year of our Lord of 2023. And I'm going to be doing this count ups until the um, the newness of the year is not, you know, wanes a little bit. So yeah, here we are, two weeks into the new year, into the first month of the new year. Wow awesome yeah this new year just seemed to have really just it's like december just fed into january i don't know it's almost like a seamless you can't even tell the point at which last year ended and this year began it's just like well we know it's a new year but it yeah it does feel like a new year but then it's it's a, a very seamless transition let me put it that way and that sounds really odd because you just say one day to the next but yeah i know what i mean anyway so today um I'm just still in this sort of reflective mood. I sort of like the way, you know, the way God has been leading me in the past, in, in the beginning of the year. He's, he's set for me a very clear agenda from the 1st of January. And you can see that from, you know, the new, the way in which this podcast has sort of like, we've almost like refreshed ourselves without even realizing that we were doing so. It wasn't planned. It was just something that God just literally got me up and told me to do from the 1st of January. And it's made it much more easy for me to be recording every day to the glory of God since we began simply because of these small changes that he made me take and do and um, he was I guess responding to the prayers of my heart because towards the end of last year I was really really getting quite very discouraged extremely discouraged you know about should I continue this podcast is it even worth it you know are people even listening you know that sort of thing and um, he just he he didn't want me to stop. I knew he didn't want me to stop, but I didn't understand why <laughs> he, he didn't want me to stop. And he kept on saying, telling me that, you know what, you're recording for posterity. This thing is going to be on the internet forever. It doesn't really matter whether people listen to it now or they listen to it in 10 years' time or 5 years' time. The point is, when the disciples were writing their little scrolls and writing things about the Bible and writing letters, they, they, had, no, they had no way of knowing how far that those words were going to travel. They had no way of knowing... The lives that would be changed by the words that they have written down and that the impact that those words would bring would be far more significant than even the impact that they made in their own lifetime there's no way they could have ever known that that those words would then become the most translated text in the world they would ha- they would never know that even thousands of years after um you know information has become you know the opportunity to write books have come about that that's, those um, scrolls would still be by far the most translated book on earth, the most read book on earth. That is what the Bible is today. And it is just a compilation of letters, of scripts, of scrolls, manuscripts that people wrote over a period of time talking about what they had received, the, the, the word that they had received by revelation from God. And um, so, you know, he just kept, you know, he just kept telling me that, but I was like, well, yes, but that's the word of God. <laughs> that's the Bible. It's, this is not anything close to that. But he was saying that this is a reflection about, you're talking about the words of, that were written by those men. And, um, you know, it's the word of God. It is about reflecting on the word of God that the most important thing is that you do it, you know. So anyways, he, he brought about a change this year and, um, he answered my prayer, so he was actually listening. It's actually the point of what I'm trying to say. And I think I've used this about three or four days ago, but 
I like the thing about um, meditation and Christian meditation is that, and which is why we call this musings with Jesus, is that it's never supposed to stop. What I have seen in my life is that the greatest mistake you can make is to believe that you have known something so much that you will never forget it. Somehow the word of God is not that way. You have to keep refreshing your mind with it. It's almost like a computer. When you start up a computer, you know how the computer does that refresh every morning, winding, winding, and then you are like, we are booting the computer. You're like, will you hurry up? But the computer really needs to boot itself well. Even when it's hibernated, it takes a while before certain things load up. And you find out that if you miss or you overlook or you bypass any of those reboots or uploads or whatever or refresh or what's that word they use when they need to update the hell, those updates and all that, you will eventually have a... You know, there was, there was something will go wrong. One day you want to use one application, you're not able to use it, or something happens, you, something shuts down, or you all of a sudden it hangs, or your computer freezes, or it just you know goes bust. Why? Because that reboots, those updates are necessary for the functioning of the computer. Holy Spirit! Yes, that's another analogy by um, <laughs> His Royal Majesty, the Holy Spirit. So yes, because that's exactly how it is. That's what I've found. Because a lot of the things that I'm sharing that I reflect on in this podcast, they were things that, some of them, not all, but some of them were things that I knew and I was practicing many years ago. In my early years of Christianity, these were things that we knew. We were being fed those things every single day. As a teenager, when I was in the university, which was really my best Christian experience till date, we had, it was all about Jesus, it was all about the gospel. We were all missionaries, we were being trained as soldiers of Christ. It wasn't really, I mean, we were students, so, but then it was, it was, it was amazing. In fact, which is why I believe the Bible, because the reason why I read the Bible, like, it's a very important manual for life is because I have lived it. I have lived the Bible. I have lived in a student community that lived almost like the Acts of the Apostles. The only thing that we didn't have was a common pot, as in, you know, our money was not, we were not um, keeping our money together and all that. But we were really, we had, we had all things common in the figure, in, in, in the metaphorical sense, in that we, we had a shared vision. And that vision was Jesus, to see the name of Jesus glorified, to bring as many people to the to the gospel of Christ and to make people ex- to, to 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 shine our light that was just that was all we were and we were we were so united in that effort and it was a wonderful time it was a wonderful time i wasn't in that student community for long but it, that experience has stayed with me and my conviction one of the reasons why i have that strong conviction now as to wanting to strive for that gold standard that the word of god whatever it is that standard that the word of god holds us up to is because i know that it is possible i have lived it and i have seen other people live it even though it was a you may say it wasn't a real world context because it was student life on campus but also on that campus there were a lot of people who were doing those a greater opportunity to just really do all sorts of things so it was as challenging as it could have been in the real world doing that um, on, on campus but yeah it was a wonderful experience I'm, I'm grateful to God for that experience so now I have had to go back to start relearning them as though it's almost as if I never knew them because fast forward to after I left school and then we got into the world and then churches grew up and then we started having this whole concept of mega church churches which we didn't have then and I, in my days then this was in the um, late 80s while I was in university the, the um, student fellowships were the arrowheads of the revivals. The revivals actually started on the campuses uh, of Nigerian universities and then made its way into 
the rest of the population. But and so by the time um, the charismatic revival in Nigeria was then revived, and the mega churches sprung up. After a long, after a while, other things started coming into the business, the commercials of um, church running overwhelmed the spirituality of it and um, so yes we lost touch of, um, with all of those things it then became about how many people do you have in your congregation how many branches do you have how many buildings do you have how much money do you have that became the thing it's it the, the attention was taken away from souls from evangelism from souls from transforming lives you know and all of that so it's not to say that those things are, are not still being done but right now the focus i mean i trust me i know because because i have been in spaces where a lot of these things are being discussed the 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 the, the focus and, and that's what i've seen in in about the practice of the faith there's something about the way this world is it's very difficult once you bring money into the conversation and you start building physical structures it's very difficult to keep your eyes focused on the lord i don't know why it's that way but that's probably why jesus probably did not build did not establish a physical temple and a place of whatever i'm not saying that that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have clearly god says we should gather together but i still i somehow believe that this the church and the house is probably the best model for christianity effective christianity that's that's what i've said and that's the bible model really um this whole um mega church thing i don't think it really works first of all you don't really get the sense of knowing people one-on-one a lot of people hide and the the commercial um challenges of having to um, fund those you know very big entities i think just puts you in a very difficult situation and, and it's playing out in so many ramifications in uh in our country nigeria because um anyway i'm digressing at this point but i yeah so anyway that's just my left hand column so anyways i'm relearning and i'm coming back to the gospel um back to what the scripture says and how things should be and trusting god that he'll help me make sense of it you know what does it mean in today's world but where i started from when i started talking about i was talking about how god heard the cries of my heart and he answered it and made it such that at the beginning of this year some of you know the discouragement that i had concerning this spot i mean this podcast really he removed it and he changed things around but i i kid you not my i was I was my heart was rending for like six months of last year, three to six months. I was like, God, because this has been going on. I mean, I've been on this for a while, but it's important for me. I had gotten to a point where things were not necessarily the way they were as of when I started, and I was beginning to question. Okay, this was good. It was good that I started this, and I, it's good that this is going on. But yeah, I needed motivation to continue it in the way that I knew that. Well, I felt that it would be done because for me, it's not just to do something. It's about the why. The why of things is so much more important. But the way God answered the prayer has shown me that this is very important to him and that this is what he wants me to continue doing. It wasn't just because of where I was when he told me to start it. It's also very relevant for me right now. So that gives me a lot of comfort. And yesterday when I was reading the book of Acts chapter 7, because I had an assignment from seminary, which I am in, to meditate on the book of acts chapter 7 i read the entire thing it was that um sermon or that speech that the disciple apostle pete and stephen made when he was brought to um by the um, the jewish rulers who wanted to attack him they ended up stoning him at the end of the day but acts and the book of acts chapter 7 
details the very long speech that he gave before the people then decided that they were going to more or less put him to death, stone him to death. And he said a lot of things. He traced the whole history of how God talked to Abraham, brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, how he walked with David and, you know, up to the point of Jesus and how Jesus came to save and that how the prophets had foretold the coming of Jesus for so long and that even those prophets, the people never listened to them and that, you know, now by the time Jesus himself came, the real savior that had been foretold, they also didn't listen to him and that they crucified him. And, you know, he Stephen was more or less telling them that that Jesus that you crucified was actually the Messiah that you've all been waiting for. But the verse that caught my attention, this verse 34, when he said, he, re, he retold what the Lord said to um, Moses when he appeared to him in the burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. And I would read from verse 30. He says, I am the God of your fathers, from verse 32 actually, 732. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. Now, this struck me when when, when, when the Lord says, I have seen the oppression of my people. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now, there's a lot that I can unpack in this, but let me just focus on the main things. God said he can he he saw it. He saw the oppression of the people of Egypt. You know, there's a musing we had done about God being present here and real. We we we, we mused on that song. I think that was about three episodes ago. Some of us think of God, sometimes it almost feels like God, if at all there is a God, that he's very far away and he's in heaven and he's not interested in what's going on on earth. I think the evidence suggests differently. First of all, the Bible makes it clear that for some reason, God decided to make man his own image and after his likeness. And man was a very special creation for him because he made him the Lord over all of his creation. Now, the entire Bible is about how God has been moving heaven and earth to save man from himself. Because really, if you look at it, man has turned out to be his own worst enemy. In the Garden of Eden, the dominion that God had given Adam at the beginning, he ended up giving it to the devil. The devil took that dominion and started ruling the world and causing men to kill themselves and do all kinds of funny, horrible things. Led them into worship of strange gods and other idols that he placed all over the nations and things like that. Got them to be, you know, to be so corrupt that at a point God had to come and intervene, you know, the whole Noah's flood thing. God kept on looking for people that will worship and will serve him. God never ever abandoned the earth. Every single time he would try and do something to fix it. And then when that thing doesn't work, he would almost like get angry and then he would be like, ah, I can't abandon man. So there is, and, and the prophet Isaiah talks about it. He said, what is man that you are so mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? You know, God has never given up on man. So he's actually, it's almost like, um, I, 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 if I want to digress, I remember Prince Harry said that every morning, um, 
in the royal family table and sorry i think i'm quoting from despair they bring all the tabloids and the, all the newspapers they put it on the table and everybody eats it at breakfast i think that's kind of like the sort of thing that happens in heaven it's almost like god everybody he checks out okay so what's happening okay so what's happening in africa okay nigeria they're doing elections in february okay the, oh, where are my people in nigeria so then they turn the screen you know there's a monologue and then he's scrolling he's scrolling down and he's like ah okay shola mentioned she dropped something in the chat yesterday have you read it you know he delegates it to the ministry of whatever or to the angelic forces of whatever you know and then some secretary will come in and giving him his agenda for the day i know i'm making this up but it's it feels that way that's the way i see it because he's the lord of the universe there is no there is no lord that does not look at do you understand how things are going so in fact i like that and i love it when the holy spirit chips in because i've never really thought about it that way. but that's really what he does he really scrolls down he gets emails like every morning he opens his laptop you know whatever morning is for him whenever the work day starts however that works in his own ways maybe 20 i know he's 24 7 but yes but at least and how do i know that this is even though i'm using this very like a uh, modern world type of analogy it somehow is not that out there if you know what i mean if you look at it in a metaphorical sense because the bible tells us that as the prayers of the saints are actually presented before heaven and they burn like incense so that means that there is a process do you understand there's a process for channeling the prayers of the saints and then another scripture in psalm says that the eyes of the lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers so why would his eyes that means he's watching he's watching he's watching to say are they okay how are they coping my son jesus will soon return but the time is not yet up what is going on in the earth because it is his earth it is his creation it is still his earth and the earth is on a clock because there will be a time when he's going to bring this age to an end he says it and you know there's certain things it's like when i hear all these people the climate scientists and everybody and people are like people say no they're talking rubbish the point is i think everybody can see all the information does show and that's what god does jesus even said it he said how is it that you know when it's going to rain but you cannot depict the sign of the times clearly this world will come to an end somehow it's to either come jealous and either through famine through war or the climate clearly the way at which we are going hmm, or god himself will bring it to an end somehow I, I don't mean through destruction but i mean he just decides that okay you know what jesus is coming back i'm ending this age and everything then moves on to eternity judges people that need you know you go this way you go that way and then he brings things back to the way it should be in the fullness of time he's going to do that so we all sort of like know we're on the clock we all know that everybody knows that even the people who deny the clients climate science they know it and i'm not saying that it's going to happen exactly the way climate science is i'm saying but i'm saying that the way i look at things i i feel that the climate everything that's going on with the climate is just an indication is is nature and at the back of that I, i would say god as well trying to remind us that the world will not remain the way it is and that whether we like it or not this earth is also on the clock and I, I don't believe that even though we may do, I think we, whatever it is we may need to do to protect the earth, I think that's just good sense. But there's also a spiritual clock that is not dependent on what's happening on the climate. It's, oh, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but let's just stop there. So the point is God is seeing what's happening on the earth 
and he's hearing so just like he heard my prayer he saw me he saw how pained i was throughout the end of last year conflicted about the podcast should i continue this is it really worth it blah 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 and when i say worth it i'm not earning from this podcast neither is intended to be financial but i'm talking about impact here i'm talking about audience i'm talking about listening but the lord said to me you know what it doesn't most in fact he almost gave me the impression that I shouldn't even worry even if no if I feel no one is listening and if actually nobody is listening it's because it's not about the now it's also about the future because there will be people one day who will need to listen and that will be the time for them so I said fine but I think it's also encouraging me now because people are um, people are, are, are tuning in so welcome on board <laughs> new listeners old ones coming back thank you so much God bless you so he sees he's actually seeing he's watching He's actually watching. And that's what he said to uh, Moses here. He said, told, told Moses to go and tell the children of Israel. And they had no clue. Because you see, that's the thing. You, can, you and I cannot tell when God is looking. We, we can't tell when he's listening. We really can't. We just have to believe that he is. But I know that if I, when I look at him, if I look at how he's operated in the Bible, the kind of intentional God he is, the order he has put into the universe, the duty of care that he takes to make sure that we don't kill ourselves before the time and that the oceans do not overwhelm the earth. You know, the sort of guardrails, natural laws have been put in place just to make sure that things run well. And that regardless of all the horrible things we do, oxygen and all those things that we need for life and water is still preserved on the major parts of the planet. I know that he's watching. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like he's, he cares. It doesn't feel like he is even aware of what we're going through. But he, he is. He does. He is aware. He sees. He sees. And that's what this verse is saying. He says he saw the oppression. So a lot of people who are very wicked to other people or the oppressed people just because they are vulnerable. You think the Lord is not seeing. He's seeing it. And if those people cry out to the Lord as well, the Lord will hear it. And if they cry and cry and cry and cry and cry, he will come down to set them free. Which is what he did with Israel, with the people of Israel. So I'm encouraged by this because for me, even apart from my personal level, I see there's so much oppression in the country in which I live. And I know that the Lord has seen it. And a lot of people have groaned and prayed and cried unto the Lord over the past few years for the blood that was shed for the lives that have been stolen, for the people who have been in captivity, those who have been tortured, for the parents that have died in grief, crying for children that would never return home. The nonchalance of those who have been called to lead us and don't care. I pray that the Lord will do exactly what he did to the children of Israel. He will come down to set his people free. So that it will be clear to everybody. And he will send as he did. As he sent a Moses to do the work. So he will send a Moses that will go and lead the children of God. From captivity into the promised land. So shall it be. In Jesus name. It's so funny because this I had no intention of digressing into where I have landed now. But I believe that this is what the Lord wants. Where this reflection to end. God sees. He hears. If you, are, if you and I were going through a situation of oppression or whatever it may be, discouragement, 
the Lord sees, but it's important that we allow him to also hear the groanings of our hearts. Pour it out unto him. Don't keep it to yourself. Pour it out. It's important that he sees, but also that he hears from you. In your own words, how are you feeling about this? What do you want him to do? He says he has come down. He will. God responded to the cry of his people. So powerful. He responded. In Revelation, they said the prayer of the saints is offered. It's offered before the throne of grace. It comes up before him. He sees it. So I, I think this is the Lord telling me today that whatever it is, I shouldn't suffer in silence. I should never, ever, ever. Even when it feels like it's, it's as if God is not hearing, he's not listening, or he doesn't care. I, sh- I need to pour out my heart unto him. So I'll just leave it there. And I pray that the Lord will do with his words that which only him can. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted. Have a wonderful day.